Hi, everyone. Good evening. So we're going to um, do a uh, meditation together in just a moment. But um, before we begin, I wanted to um, sort of uh, prime your minds to be sensitive to a particular aspect of your experience. Um, during that meditation. And I will talk a little bit more about this after the meditation is over, but I wanted you to be sort of um, um, just aware of this, this, this thing going into the sitting. Um, and we might, you might come out of the sitting with some uh, interesting data, so to speak, right? So, um, According to Buddhist psychology, um, but I think it's just something that's, that's also kind of true based on common sense, but um, all of our experiences have a certain kind of um, uh, quality to them that can be sort of, that's one of, one of three different kinds of sort of tones. Um, every sensation, emotion, or thought um, is either pleasant or unpleasant or neutral. Um, so we experience things, we feel things, uh, we encounter things, and bound up with that experience is going to be a certain kind of quality, which um, which will lead us to feel that that sensation, that emotion, that thought is either pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. And so the first thing that I'd like you guys to um, be aware of as we do this meditation is that aspect of your mental experience as we do this thing together to test out empirically whether or not um, when you have a certain kind of sensation, whether you have a certain kind of you know, uh, feeling or emotional experience, whether it has these qualities, pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. Um, just test that claim out for yourself. Um, and then on top of that, approach with curiosity um, how your awareness, your mind, how you react or respond to things that feel pleasant or unpleasant or neutral. If you feel, for example, a sensation of tension or tightness in some part of your body, let's say your chest as you're breathing. Right? Notice the way in which, along with that sensation of tightness, you also are um, evaluating, so to speak, or kind of just reacting to that sensation of tightness as an unpleasant one, right? Notice how that feels. And then notice how you react to its unpleasantness. You know, what does the mind do when it encounters something that feels unpleasant? Um, in some cases, you'll just notice that it's unpleasant, and that will be the end of it. But in a lot of cases, there will probably be some sort of aversion, right? Some kind of... Um, uh, tightening up around that thing, which is unpleasant, maybe even a, a an impulse to kind of push it away or want to fix it or make it go away in some way. Notice that too. So it's not about changing anything about how you sort of judge or react to different experiences you may have while you're meditating. 
but just noticing the ways in which they come kind of categorized um, into these pleasant, unpleasant, neutral buckets, so to speak, and what you do when you encounter things in particular that are unpleasant. That's the thing that I'd like to talk about later on, okay? Now, just to be clear, I'm not asking you or encouraging you to dig for unpleasant experiences or to bring up, you know, intentionally um, unpleasant thoughts or feelings. It's none of that. But just the fact that we're humans makes it very likely in the course of 25 minutes sitting still that we're going to encounter some moments that are unpleasant, right? So just notice, just observe what that's like and what you do in response to those kind of moments. Okay. And then we'll talk afterwards about what we notice. I'll have a few words to say about, um, about this. Okay. All right. So please get into a comfortable position, position which you can breathe easily. And please bring your awareness to the tip of your nose, the inside of the tip of your nose. And just begin to feel the sensations produced there by the movement of your breath in and out of the body. The sensations of the breath may be very subtle at first. That's okay. It's normal. Just keep your awareness parked there. And over time, the sensations of the breath will become clear and more vivid. encourage you to pay special attention to the sensations produced by the beginning of each in-breath and out-breath. Really try to feel as clearly and vividly as possible how it feels in the nose when you begin to inhale. And then try to maintain your awareness of that entire in-breath and how the sensations change throughout the course of that in-breath. The same for each out-breath. How does the out-breath begin? What does that feel like? And then feel the sensations throughout the course of that entire exhalation. One in-breath and out-breath at a time. And whenever you find that you become lost in thought, 
that you've lost track of the breath. Just notice that that's happened. Take note of what's pulled you away from the breath, what kind of thought, what kind of sensation, what kind of emotion. And then gently and without judgment, bring your awareness back to the breath. And while you continue following the breath, feeling the breath of the nose, you can include in your awareness all the sounds in the environment around you. This will require you to sort of soften your awareness, sort of dilate it, you're not so single-pointedly focusing on just the breath, the exclusion of everything else, but opening your awareness so that it's aware of the breath while also aware of all the sounds and the environment around you.
Now let's widen our awareness a little bit further so that along with the breath and the sounds and the environment, we're just aware of the sensations in the body as a whole. Continuing to follow the breath, you're hearing all the sounds around you and you're just feeling in an open way, whatever other kinds of sensations there may be in your body. If it feels difficult to try to hold multiple anchors simultaneously, then feel free just to follow the breath. Keep it simple. As we follow the breath, as we attend to the sensation of the body, different kinds of sensations will arise, different kinds of feelings, emotions, thoughts. Just notice how they arise, how they feel. And if any of them seem unpleasant to you, notice how the mind reacts to that. Just noticing, letting it all just come and go as part of your experience. And continue following the breath, 
Continue just being with the sensations of the body. Continue listening to the sounds of the space around you. Are you having any thoughts about how this meditation is going? That it's going well or badly? You're doing a good job or a bad job? Remember just to notice that those are just thoughts. Thoughts about how your practice is going. Acknowledge them and let them go and return to the breath.
At this moment, can you feel your breath? If not, come back to it. Can you hear the sounds around you? Can you feel the sensations throughout your body? If you're feeling any discomfort or boredom or antsiness, a desire to move the body, just notice that. Notice how the mind and the body try to move away from discomfort, try to find a way to be more comfortable. And you notice that impulse without giving into it and just continue being here, experiencing whatever this moment is like, pleasant or unpleasant.
Okay. Great. That's good for tonight. Please feel free to move, get comfortable, get yourself a drink of water if you'd like. So one really simple way of understanding what practice is about is to say that it's about trying to be one with our lives. Just to to not live in a way where we feel cut off or separated from our lives, and by extension, cut off or separated from others or the world around us. Can we really be fully in our life, really fully living it, but then always feeling like there's some kind of distance or separation or gap between us and our lives or alienated from our lives distance from it I think one of the reasons why we spend so much of our time feeling like we're not fully alive is because we spend so much energy distancing ourselves from parts of our experience, parts of our experience that we don't like, that we don't want to have. You know, if duality, right, separation is one of the main issues that practice deals with. One of the central places where it shows up in our day-to-day lives is in our responses to discomfort. Parts of our experience, sensations, just emotions, feelings that are uncomfortable, that don't feel good. I mean, one of the most basic facts about, I think, every human, I know it's true for me, I'm guessing it's true for most of you, maybe true for all of you, I think it's true for everybody, is that we just don't want to be uncomfortable, you know? We just don't want to feel discomfort. And when we feel discomfort, we find different ways of taking flight from it. What did you notice in your own bodies when uncomfortable sensations arose during this meditation session? Wouldn't be surprised if many of you saw uncomfortable sensations arise, and then also notice the way in which the mind tightened up around it, or even tried to find a way to make it go away, right? I think one of the main ways in which we take flight from discomfort is that we take flight into the mind, right? Into our thoughts, Um, in particular, right?
one of the interesting thing is is that we um, can sometimes actually uh, get lost in cycles of thought that are themselves really uncomfortable, like cycles of worrying, right? Anxiety. Um, like, how can I fix this problem? Oh, wait, no, that's going to make that a problem. Oh, wait, like, if, if that happens, then this might happen. Oh, wait, what is this other thing that could happen, right? Um, one worry spiraling into another worry into another so that we start to feel lost in a kind of, you know, whirlwind of worries. And none of that feels good. But in a weird way, that can actually feel better than what it'd feel like just to sit with the uncomfortable sensation that started the whole thing. You know, the kind of tightness in the chest or the throat or the belly or this pattern of tension that we may feel in the body. And that knot, right, that quiver we can feel in the belly. And that feels so uncomfortable that we start thinking about all these things that we could worry about. And we stay lost in that kind of cycle of worry. But at its root, what we've been trying to do, what that whole cycle is doing is actually trying to find a way to stay distance from the physical sensation of discomfort that got the whole thing going. Judson Brewer is a psychologist at Brown University. He's written this book, um, on anxiety. And this is one of his basic ideas, but it's an idea that he, he essentially just got from Buddhist practice, right? which is that anxiety or worry is actually a habit. It's a habit that we develop over time as a way of avoiding feeling the discomfort that gives rise to it in the first place. So we feel certain kinds of sensations. We don't like them, then that makes us run up into the mind and then we start dwelling the mind rather than actually just experiencing the physical sensations that gave rise to all those thoughts in the first place and then it's a habit because it's a self-perpetuating thing we start to worry which makes us feel worse which makes us worry more which makes us feel worse which makes us worry more right and we can't break out of it but the only way to actually break out of that cycle is is to start to re-engage with the uncomfortable sensation of the body that we were originally running away from when we took flight into the mind. So a very interesting thing to do as you're practicing, whether on the cushion or off, is to notice how your own mind reacts to moments of discomfort. And notice in particular, if once you feel discomfort, you feel a temptation to begin thinking about it and thinking about other things that might be making you feel bad, thinking about all sorts of things, and not just feel that discomfort that started the whole process. But once we can start to just, instead of turning away from that discomfort, and instead turn toward it, turn towards the body, really feel and experience whatever's going in the body, uncomfortable or not, then it can be a way to interrupt that habit cycle of worry. And it requires really just turning towards discomfort, which is a radical break from our natural habitual responses. Like, we don't want to feel it. We don't want to feel bad. We want to, you know, um, get away at all costs. This is also another way of understanding uh, something that may plague some of you, maybe not all of you. It definitely, um, it, it, this is a problem that I suffer from, especially when I was younger, but still do from time to time, which is um, terrible procrastination, you know. Procrastination, a lot of people, um, tend to think of as a kind of uh, a lack of discipline or willpower, you know, um, sort of a failure of character or something. Why can't I just get this work done that I need to get done, right? Um, but psychologists have been starting to understand that actually 
procrastination, like what Justin Brewer was saying about anxiety as a habit, is actually a response to deeply unpleasant feelings that we may have in our body when we think about engaging in work that we don't know how to handle, that we can't cope with, right? And so because we don't want to feel what it feels like to contemplate doing a certain task, maybe because we feel like we're incapable of it or it feels overwhelming or something like that, we start to procrastinate, which then produces its own kind of vicious cycle, right? Um, and it starts to feel bad because we haven't done it and that makes us feel worse. And because we feel worse, we procrastinate even more. And before we know it, like so much time has passed, right? And and we just feel it. It's it's it actually ends up making us feel worse than we did before. But in a really kind of perverse way, that kind of bad feeling feels better than actually just facing the sensations in the body that felt so uncomfortable that it led us to begin that cycle of procrastination in the first place. So instead of berating ourselves for procrastinating, instead of judging ourselves for not getting our work done, really what we need to do when we feel that urge to procrastinate or when we become lost in that cycle is actually bring a gentle and compassionate mindful awareness to how the body is doing. Like, what is the body feeling when we feel that urge to procrastinate? And we're probably going to feel some pretty uncomfortable things, right? But if we can attend to those uncomfortable sensations with compassion, with curiosity, that can interrupt that vicious cycle of procrastination. Just like bringing your awareness to the body when you're lost in worry or anxiety, can also interrupt that cycle of spiraling thoughts. The thing is, the mind can be a very unhappy, unpleasant place, but we'd often rather spend time swirling up in the mind than just feeling what the body feels, especially when the body is feeling uncomfortable. So one of the most important things that we can do if we are serious about practice is to pay careful attention to the moments when discomfort arises and to see the ways in which we run away from it or we try to fight it. To do this, the most important thing to do is to become aware that we're doing it, right? To really look carefully at how we react and respond to discomfort. Just to see like what happens at this nitty gritty level, you know, at this microscopic level, like, okay, so an uncomfortable sensation is emerging, is arising in my experience. Like what happens? Feel the way in which the mind already steals itself against it, tries to manage it, tries to, manage, and then maybe then takes flight into the mind to get away from it. And as we get to see that process more and more clearly, the cultivate the willingness, and then over time with practice, the ability to just stay with that discomfort to just experience it. We don't need to do anything to it. We don't need to find a way to fix it. We don't need to way, way to, you know, to, to, we don't need to produce any kind of effect. Just, can we just be with the sensation of discomfort? And that in itself will already radically change these cycles, which produce more suffering on top of the discomfort as we engage in all these different kinds of, you know, spiraling thoughts, cycles of procrastination, or whatever, you know, other kinds of habits we may engage in in order to not feel whatever uncomfortable things may be going through our body different times. So, um, 
I'm wondering how much does this resonate with your own experience? What did you see when you were sitting tonight about your own response to discomfort? And how does this just resonate with your own experiences of discomfort in the past, the ways that you have related to discomfort in the past? Um, So um, the procrastination definitely resonates with me, not so much in terms of work, at least not right now, but um, in responding to messages mm -hmm. that often are messages just for um, making plans. And I noticed this just came up with... Um, someone invited me to do something that conflicted with something else. And it was really uncomfortable for me to sit with that conflict and basically the reality that I had to make a choice and I couldn't do both things. So I didn't respond. And then the discomfort of being limited and not able to choose both things turned into the discomfort of, oh, I haven't responded to that person. Mm -hmm. The guilt of that. And then eventually this morning turned into oh my gosh, I never RSVP'd. I missed that whole thing entirely, feeling guilty about that. Mm -hmm. But through that whole process, kind of avoiding the initial mm -hmm. discomfort of having to make a choice and sit with that feeling of being limited. Yeah, that's a, gr that's a great example, Louisa. Yeah. Yeah, it's not necessarily just about work. It could be of anything. It could be about uh, a conversation we need to have, right? Um, or just a household chore that we need to do, you know, um, or something that we just makes us feel uncomfortable in some way, right? Uh, and then it creates that avoidance, creates more and more discomfort. And if we could just instead sit with the initial discomfort, you know, um, We could break that cycle. Yeah. Hi, Rudy. Hi, hi, Bernie. Um, so I've I've always moved when I feel discomfort when meditating, so that I could keep focus on the breathing and not be distracted. And I've been working on that recently, not trying not to move to fix mm -hmm. the discomfort. And um, last uh, two weeks ago, when we were sitting together. I started getting the sensation as if I was just about to like do a full body shiver. Mm -hmm. um, and I was waiting that I, I think it was about 15 minutes of the meditation. I was waiting for the shiver to come and the shiver never came. Mm -hmm. And afterwards I was trying to figure out what physiologically would have been happening in my body to cause that. But I started thinking that actually I was maybe wishing for the shiver as mm -hmm. an excuse to move through the, the discomfort that I was feeling and it just, it didn't come because it wasn't actually so much a, a physical sensation as a mental desire that I was trying to posit as a physical or trying to induce in myself even. Mm -hmm. um, and that didn't happen today, but it, it, it reminded me of what you were talking about today. And Rudy, I think that with the example you gave, which is so great, um, says something really important, which is that these kind of like, um, these almost these mental links or chains between like, okay, so you, you experience some kind of discomfort and then you experience the kind of aversion discomfort and that turns into like an intention to 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 address the discomfort, maybe move your body, right? Um, and then when you, and then those kind of chains, mental chains become almost like hardwired, right? They become very deep. It's not just like, oh, I'm thinking I'll do this and then I'll do that and I'll do that, right? they become 
encoded in the body. And so when you interrupt that cycle, you start to feel like, wow, this is really visceral. Like I really, you know, I really want to move. And just like even unconscious, you know, subconsciously, right? You want like, like you were saying. Um, and so one of the things that mindfulness practice does is it almost rewires us at that kind of visceral level. It 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 changes the patterning, the almost a neurological patterning, but it takes time. But your body, by learning that it first of all didn't need to move and didn't shiver, right? Over time, we'll start to get comfortable it's like okay actually i don't need to move you know but the first few times when you say i'm not going to move it's it's almost unbearable right it's like the, the 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 feeling is so intense um so yes i think that's just i just great i just like love the bodily component of what you're describing there because it, it gets at why it's so hard to interrupt these cycles um because you know habit is such a kind of uh, like um soft term for what we're really talking about which is deeply embedded reactive patterns you know yeah i'm burning hi miranda i i found what rudy said about shiver shiver really helpful because um, she made me realize that, um, well, day to day, I'm like, I'm by myself a lot of the times. And I think my coping thing with discomfort is I'll let out like a tiny scream. It's like a very tiny one. But when there's people around me, I have the courtesy not do that. But just now when I'm, when we were sitting, mm -hmm. I kind of felt like I wanted to do that, but then I wasn't supposed to make a sound so it's like a physical sensation um, and I didn't even register it until Rudy said shiver maybe that's kind of similar mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah Hi, Carrie. Nice to see you. I don't know. Did you mean to unmute? Yeah, I, I did. Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, so the, it's really interesting to hear you talking about, um, and I think about it in a few different terms, but whether it's procrastination or sort of some sort of avoidance, um, and I kind of see it on a on a bit of a spectrum because some of them are, are small things, like you say, like a chore that I want to avoid or mm -hmm you know, leading to bigger things. And so as I've been watching that pattern for myself, whether it's something seemingly small or something larger, I've kind of developed this, and I'm giggling because it's kind of silly, but uh, this little thought exercise that I do where I try to track the amount of time I spend thinking about avoiding the thing or procrastinating around the thing versus when I actually get around to the task how long that actually takes me mm -hmm. and the amount of time that I waste <laughs> um, worrying or anxious or procrastinating about whatever it is, is so much more mm -hmm. than the actual thing that needed to be achieved or accomplished. Mm -hmm. And so I've, as I've noticed and sort of tracked that uh, to me, I would like to, invest my time in other ways so it becomes this sort of um incentive for me to try not to avoid those things i don't know it's just a i guess a little game that i that i find somewhat helpful and maybe it's helpful for others too no that's 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 really interesting yeah um and i think what what you're you know what's interesting is like i think certain things can respond to that kind of rational you know, um, sort of um, perspective. But I think there are also habitual responses to discomfort that also are very emotionally laden, you know? And that's an interesting thing to investigate. Like, why is doing that, making that call to that person I can't, you know, make a date with? Or why, why is that 
so worrying? Or why is starting this uh, paper or work project so anxiety inducing? And then of course, there's a whole nother layer of interesting thoughts and feelings unpacked there, you know, um, but none of that can be done unless we face the discomfort, right? Um, because not only are we avoiding the task, but maybe as importantly, we're avoiding all the other kinds of emotions that are that are bound up with that task, right? And maybe that's um, as deep a motivation. Um, yeah. Okay. So it sounds like this is this is relevant to people. I'm glad, you know. And so, um, and it's nice to see all of you here. Um, we'll continue practicing and talking about practice a couple of weeks from now. Um, I wish you all well. It's good to sit with you. And I'll see you next time. Oh, wait, can we sit for like half a minute together before we go? Okay. If you have to go, please, 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 of course, feel free to. But uh, it's nice to end with a little silence. I'll tell you when this brief minute of quiet is done. Okay, everyone. Take care. See you next time. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. Thank you so much. Bye, Jean. Take care. Thank you. Thank you.